you're listening to What the Business, the business podcast where I interview independent business owners about success, failure, and all the moments in between. My name is Josie Berg, and I'm your host. Hello, hi, hi, welcome. The first episode is here in your ears, and I'm so happy to be sharing this episode as the first one because Jackie is not only a very good friend, but she is also an incredible business owner and very successful and very good at what she does and is so driven. So this episode is not going to disappoint. I know 100%. I've listened to it myself. We talk about SEO. We talk about mindset, work-life balance and a million other things. Her and I have known each other for quite some time now, so we do get going with some good back and forth, and I think this episode is really, really, really strong for the first one coming right out the gate for you guys. Um, I did do all these interviews online with COVID and whatnot, so sometimes the sound dips in and out. I apologize, I did my best. Um, but yeah, a little bit about Jackie. She is a makeup artist in the wedding industry here in Ottawa and in Prince Edward County. She also owns her own makeup line, which is wicked cool. And if that doesn't make her cool enough, she also has a converted school bus into a beauty bar. You can get your nails done, your hair done, anything. Anything you want, anything you need, you got it. And it's just so cool to hear her talk about that experience and give her business advice, really. So yeah, you got to check her out online. Her Instagram is it's Jackie K. Her name is spelled J-A-C-Q-U-I-E. And I'll make sure all that's in the show notes for you to refer to later. But yeah, so be sure to follow or subscribe so that you get notifications when we get new episodes up. They'll be going up every week. And please tell your friends and family, review, rate, do what you got to do uh, to let me know that you're enjoying these episodes. So yes, enjoy the first episode of What the Business. First of all, just tell us a bit about yourself and your kind of career path and how you got to where you are now, where you are now with all your multiple endeavors. <laughs> okay. Um, so right from the very beginning? Sure. Or wherever you feel is appropriate to start. <laughs> okay. Okay. So basically... I got into makeup at the age of 18 when I was au pairing in Paris. Um, I started going to a makeup school instead of my French school and (laughs) didn't learn any French, but learned makeup and fell in love with it. Came home back to Canada, um, traveled a lot in between there, went to school for many different things did electrical engineering, then did public affairs and policy management with the goal of law school. But while I was in university, I started my wedding business. Um, So I had worked for like the Lancome counter and Sephora for years before I finally went out on my own. But in university, I felt like it was the perfect time to start growing. So started my wedding business in Prince Edward County moved to Ottawa to finish my degree. And then it just kind of took off from there. Now I have a team of five girls under me that are doing hair and makeup for me. Um, I also have a cosmetics line, which I started two years ago now. And 
I converted a school bus into a beauty bar last summer, which I now have as well. <laughs> so yeah. every year it seems like I kind of add something on. Yeah. I definitely need to keep like going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I love your lipsticks. My what? Four. Sorry. Your lipsticks. Oh, thank you. They're like my pride <laughs> and joy. That's what I started out with. Yeah. <laughs> so when you first started your um, makeup, wedding makeup company, what were kind of the key steps that got your, that got that going really into full time and success? Like, what do you think you did that really helped launch it? Yeah, so definitely SEO was number one for me. Um, I knew like I came into the city of Ottawa having done weddings in the county and I didn't know anyone in Ottawa so I knew I couldn't rely on like being on vendors lists or anything like that so I knew I had to get to um, the first page of Google so I put a lot of work into blogging um, updating my website every day doing styled shoots uh, networking just have content to even post um, I found styled shoots huge, even if they weren't necessarily wedding related, um, even if they were creatives, just even having their followings also sharing photos from the shoot, kind of built it up that way. Um, aside from SEO though, obviously the biggest part would be the styled shoots and like vendor networking, I guess. And then from there, doing a lot of makeup on myself, like my, if you scroll back in my Instagram, a lot of it is just work on myself when I didn't have anything to post in Ottawa initially. And I actually ended up receiving a lot of wedding clients, even just from that, even from posting selfies. So if I had like any advice for anyone starting out, it's don't feel like you have to rely on other vendors or wedding planners, um, venues, whatever it is, photographers, don't feel like you have to rely on those connections, but also don't put them on the wayside. They are obviously important, but you can get ahead without them. Yeah. And I did start in Ottawa with my first season, having the goal of booking out the first season. And I knew if I could do that, then it was something that I could keep going with. So I kind of set that as an internal goal and I think that helped a lot keep me motivated and kept me going um if I didn't have a goal like that as aggressive as that I think I would have been discouraged and lost interest honestly I'm mm -hmm. someone that has to have like pretty high targets set for myself every year otherwise yeah. I just lose lose motivation and interest and start doubting myself yeah any uh, quick SEO tips? <laughs> SEO is so, like, all-consuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it can be daunting. Um, I think blogging is highly underrated. Even now, I know a lot of people are saying you don't need to blog, but that's probably what got me on the first page of Google the quickest, as well as making sure that all of my pages had SEO descriptions on them on my website making sure that every single photo posted anywhere, even if it was just a banner, had an SEO description and tags in it. Um, so making sure the names of your files you're uploading, 
even have your keywords in them. So for example, mine always have Ottawa makeup artists in them. Now it includes Ottawa makeup artists and hairstylists in them. Um, going back and adding backlinks as well. Like if you do styled shoots with other vendors, encouraging them all to blog and post backlinks to your website will help loads. Those are probably my like easy SEO tips to get started with. From there, you can of course go into like your Google search console and make sure that your pages, you have no broken links, things like that. It's a little more yeah. advanced, but it's not as scary as people think it is. No. And if you need just like basic SEO how-tos for Google Search Console, there's tons of YouTube videos on it that'll just walk you through even setting up your account and looking to make sure that everything's running smoothly and correctly. Yeah. There's a lot of free sources for that too. You just plug in your website and it'll tell you like the actual image number that's eating up too much data or like taking too long to load or specific pages that aren't like functioning as they as best as they could so it's for sure yeah exactly yeah uh so then aside from blogging and seo what other kind of marketing resources would you recommend that are free or paid either so i'm huge on facebook ads uh the proper ads not just like the boosting the post on instagram um so testing out different photos and videos and captions, you'll need to test out probably about five different ads at least at the very minimum to see which is converting most. Um, But from there, when you find out what converts most with your audience, uh, they're highly profitable, I guess. Like I have a high conversion rate with Facebook ads, surprisingly as a wedding business. Um, Networking events, like rising tide society i did a lot of that when i was first uh starting in ottawa um styled shoots probably still are like my number one like i will never say no to a styled shoot even if it's vendors i don't know or i've never worked with before um because any new audience that isn't yours that you can get in front of is beneficial um those would probably be my like greatest marketing tips, keeping consistent. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to post every day on Instagram, but if you're there like a couple of times a week, just keeping your audience updated and building your own brand voice, I find it super beneficial. Setting yourself apart with branding is also a must, I feel like. Um, There's so many vendors now out there that you have to set yourself apart from them. Um, It's not a question. Otherwise, you will not succeed just because there's now there's hundreds of photographers, hundreds of makeup artists just in our own city, even that you're competing with. Yeah, well, and I'm even finding that, too, with like um, even like SEO specialists or content writers, copywriters, things like that. Like I'm always coming across marketing experts or coaches online. And yeah, like they're all kind of the same. Yes, so, there's so many. I totally agree. And if you yeah. blend in with a CE, then not to say you won't be successful, but you're not going to be speaking to your target client and you're mm-hmm. not going to be booking to your potential and you're probably not going to be happy with the clients you're booking either if you don't yeah. have a strong brand voice. Yeah, for sure. So then kind of unrelated, what's 
what was the transition like going from marketing yourself for this service-based business to transitioning to lipstick? Because obviously that's a product, so you have to deal with, you know, like inventory, buying supplies, like creating the formulas, all that. It's just like a different world from service because you just show up and do your job. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's huge. So I've definitely um, relied a little bit on my bridal audience, I would say, for my cosmetics line. But the large portion of my share, my sales are from people that I don't know. So marketing for that has been entirely different. Um, it's actually, although my friends and family do support me, they don't make up the majority of my sales. So I think kind of realizing that and getting past that, initially I was a little discouraged when I realized I wasn't meeting my targets just from my current audience. Um, but the second I realized I had to start pivoting and targeting a greater audience than just my own um, was when I started being happy with what I was doing with my cosmetics line, relying on um, just consumers, consumer feedback and like themselves posting as well has been huge for me. So anytime someone like posts a photo and tags one of my lipsticks or whatever it is, it helps um, an unreal amount, probably more than ads has ever returned yeah. for me. I haven't got into influencer marketing um, that much. I've like dipped my feet into it, but I'm not fully confident in it yet to mm -hmm. rely on it and spend a lot of money in there. Yeah. So most of my um, most of my marketing has just been through like word of mouth and direct to consumer feedback. Yeah. Do you find a lot of the consumers um, live in Ottawa? Yeah, I would probably like 50% live in Ottawa. Okay. Um, and then the other 25%, I would say, would be like Canada, all over Canada. And then the rest would be Americans. So that's kind of like the, the mixed up, I guess. Yeah. Most of yeah. my clients, though, I actually like or most of my consumers that have bought Jackie K cosmetics um, aren't actually clients of mine, which is interesting. So a lot yeah. of them I haven't met, yeah, which I did not think would be the case. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it would be mostly my clients that would be buying, but yeah. 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 I would have thought the same. Yeah. So that's exciting. Cause I know that it has potential beyond just my own little wedding business. Yeah, for sure. And then switching gears again to the bus, tell us a little bit about your vision with the bus, how that all started, the process, where you are now. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> that one's a story. So last January, I guess, I would have had to make the decision to either go to law school or pursue my business. Um, and something in me just didn't feel right about law school, so I knew pursuing my business was where I had to go. But I knew that if I, was, if I was going to stay in the wedding industry, I wanted to do something big. Like I wanted to do something that would be meaningful and exciting and I would be proud of every day. I didn't just want to be complacent in what I had already built. So I had the idea of converting something. I didn't know it was going to be a school bus, but I wanted to convert something into a beauty bar, like either a Winnebago or an Airstream. I ended up finding the school bus on Kijiji, drove to Bob Cajun, like up North Ontario, 
um, bought the school bus the day I saw it. <laughs> Owen was not happy about that <laughs> because it obviously needed so much work. Like it yeah. was stuck in a forest in the snow in the middle of winter when I found it. Didn't even run. <laughs> so bought the school bus and like a week later or sometime in there, I went and finished my last semester of university in Scotland. So I bought the school bus, got it to my brothers um, and immediately took off and left to Scotland for four months. And just in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to figure this out. I'll make it happen. Um, I started securing locations. Um, as soon as I got back in May, it was like from the ground running like 16 hour days from Monday to Thursday, I was working on the bus and then Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I was doing weddings all season long. I don't think I took a day off for oh probably like four months straight. It was like, it was unreal. I had like friends and family helping me. Owen, whenever he would have a weekend, he could come down to my brothers to help. He would be coming down. Like it was just like, it was wild. It was almost like an adrenaline rush hit. And mm -hmm. I had the bus done. Of course, it'll never be done. There's always things I'm going to be wanting to improve on it. But I had it done in three months. Um, was ready to open, I'd say, I think my goal date was July 15th, but it ended up being August 15th, if I have my dates right. I was ready to open. And then, of course, everything that could go wrong with my commercial lease went wrong. So <laughs> I couldn't open until October 1st, opened October 1st. And then by the end of the month, I was forced to look for a new location for the bus. And of course, by that time, it was already November. It was like my season was done. So as much work as I put into it and money and time over the season, I only had an actual month open last year, which was really devastating. Yeah. And then I was kind of like forced back to square one. I didn't have a location. Um, I had so much money that still needed to be put into the bus. I hadn't made any money from it because of only being able to be open for a month. Um, so I spent probably like a solid month really depressed about it. Um, not even wanting to get out of bed. Like I was in a dark place about it because you have this dream that's so big. Mm -hmm. And when it fails, it's like, it, it's not only your business failing, but you feel like you failed as like yeah. a human being, not even as like a business owner, um, just because I put like my heart and soul into it. Yeah. Um, so I took that like solid month, like felt sorry for myself, like was very depressed and then had the opportunity to lease a studio space in from December 1st. Um, as soon as I got in that studio space, it was like a spark had like lit up again. Um, so it's kind of like what I needed to have passion again for my bus and my business and like knew that this was just a bump in the road on what's going to be a road that's like 20 years long. I kind yeah. of realized that it was minor in the whole scheme of things. Um, so from there, I've been like just really motivated to open again, being really excited, being like I've being spring cleaning I don't know if that's even a proper sentence um but making all of my plans for this year and then of course the pandemic yeah. hit 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So it's like one thing after another. But I still have my location. Like I've secured a location in Prince Edward County. I'm absolutely stoked about it. I haven't announced it to my audience yet. Um, I was just kind of waiting for like the official from the government that we could open again yeah. before announcing. Um, but it's a, an incredible location. I won't be leaving my studio in Ottawa. We still live in Ottawa. We live yeah. in Almont, um, but I'll be hiring a team in the county to take care of the bus for me. And I'll be commuting back and forth because our team, I do have a county, a team in the county as well. Um, and I'm just really excited. Like, I'm really excited to be able to open and like have a full season. Of course, it won't be as full as I thought it <laughs> was going to be because of the pandemic. But I'm super optimistic. <laughs> and my like long term I'm still dreaming like bigger than ever with it. Even after everything that's happened, my long-term goal is to have a fleet of like very weird vehicles. So like an Airstream and a Winnebago all turned into beauty bars and in different cities. So I haven't, haven't given up the the dreaming big. (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it will happen. I'm pretty determined. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a good thing for sure. That's crazy cool that it's going to be in Prince Edward County. I must yeah. definitely think the market is there because people Absolutely. go there on vacation and that's when people want to get like, do something different, try something new, have like fun things, um, like a beauty bar to go yes. to. Yes. Um, what are, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to say, tell us a bit about like the services that you offer in there and how you, um, decided what you were going to put in the bus yeah so I actually started off um wanting to offer makeup manicures and mocktails quickly realized the mocktails were like a bit of a nightmare so I've been kind of like (laughs) figuring things out as I go with everything in this I think like one key takeaway is everyone thinks that you just hit the ground you're running and you're super successful and you have everything figured out and you're like killing it Like the amount of comments I got that I was killing it when I was like in despair, (laughs) like are insane. So I've just been kind of figuring out, figuring it out and figuring out the brand voice that I've wanted to have and like really strengthen that over the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, So now I'm like fairly set on our brand voice and I know that I want to offer uh, makeup applications, manicures and main so hairstyling so our kind of like not slogan but our kind of like thing is makeup manis and mains um Love it. and I think it's just it's something that we're obviously not tradition traditional being a school bus period there's a huge market to be filled for makeup artists and hairstylists um that isn't necessarily found in a salon And like what we focus on with manicures um, is nail art. So that's also another market that I knew I wanted to target because it's not being done anywhere from Ottawa to Prince Edward County in the way that I thought it needed to be done, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have like a fairly small niche market for nail art um, that I'm really excited about. So those are like key services Another part of the bus that I'm changing up this year as well is instead of just only retailing uh, my cosmetics line in the bus, I've also 
found a few other eco-conscious sustainable lines that I'll be retailing in half of the bus. Oh, so cool. half of the bus is going to be like a little retail area and then the other half is going to be dedicated to services. So even if you're not coming to get a service, you can still come visit and shop and like see the bus. Yeah. Which I think is like definitely necessary and a change I wanted to make from last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> so let's talk time management then with all this. Obviously last year was so focused on the bus um, yes. over the winter and coming into this season, even if it's delayed a little, <laughs> how are you approaching dealing with all three businesses? Or are you, do you have a strategy? Or are you just like going in full force, <laughs> hoping for so, the best? Yeah. So um, it's not as stressful as it seems, I feel like, but I always, with every business I've started, so the wedding business, the cosmetics line, and now the bus, I always had the intention of making it as scalable and easy as possible for me to run. Uh, so if you're familiar with the four hour work week, it's my favorite book ever by Tim Ferriss. <laughs> for anyone listening, you need to read it. It's life changing. Anyway, so it's all about like being able to run your business easily and scale it without spending a lot of time. So all of the systems I've spent years putting into place have kind of paid off and that I'm not stressed out about running any of the businesses. Um, I kind of have like set even simple things like set email captions, like email replies that you can send, uh, client management software that streamlines the process, um, doing your Instagram, like scheduling and posting yeah. one day of the month instead of 20 days of the month, um, setting, spending a day every month creating content for Jackie Cosmetics, like things like that mm -hmm. um, have really allowed me to not drive myself into the ground like I did last year with the, just with doing the bus um I've also started taking on a limited number of weddings myself and I've started outsourcing to my team um okay. more often because I found last season I ended the season very burnt out and very depressed and not in a good place like business wise and I want to feel excited about my business like if this is something I'm doing long term I want to be happy about it um, obviously there's going to be things that happen and downsides to every business, but at the end of the day, I wanted to be like proud and confident in the decision I made to pursue business. So yeah. keeping that in mind, I've set very clear boundaries for how long and when I wanted to work and how to create these things and rely on other people. That's been probably the hardest thing is like, mm -hmm realizing that my artists are just as great and my hairstylists are phenomenal and like I can hire people to do nail art and they're going to be just as good or better than I am like realizing that and kind of taking yeah. my ego out of the equation has been huge yeah. it's been like yeah it's been massive for stress relief and and also like scaling the business I find the yeah. more I let go of control of it the better it does yeah that's really good. One of my questions is actually, do you outsource anything? So aside from your actual artists and team, is there yeah. anything business side that you outsource that you are really happy, happy with? Um, let me think. Like I regularly, do you know, are you familiar with Fiverr? So you can go yes. on and pay <laughs> yeah, like $5 sure. or more for a service. 
So probably like anything I need to be done now uh, with regards to like data or even taxes, like bookkeeping, mm-hmm. um, website related, design related, even if I need a photo edited, I'll take it to Fiverr yeah. and just pay five bucks and have someone else do that. I find that being so much less stressful than like having a dedicated person that I feel like pressured to give hours to every week. Yeah. Um, so I kind of do it like task by task. Emails, I still reply to all of them myself because I still want to know my brides. Um, mm-hmm. And I enjoy doing emails. It's not like a daunting task to me. And I think I started enjoying them as soon as I started having canned like responses and templates that I could like edit and yeah, I started enjoying it as soon as I started implementing those. Yeah. Um, other than that, the the bus will be pretty much outsourced this entire season, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. But <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to do it in the county if I didn't rely on other people to make it happen. Yeah. Um, Unless you and then there. like, I think I've learned that other things like floral installations and like things like that, I can... I can rely on other people and like, it's going to be okay. And it's going to be way better than I ever could have done. Yeah. I think before I was in such a scarcity mindset that I didn't want to spend money on anything that Mm -hmm. I would like get myself into these ridiculous tasks that didn't end up turning out as I wanted them to, and (laughs) like didn't have the payoff I wanted them to. So as soon as I started like, realizing that I can pay other vendors, invest in photography, like things like that. Um, the payoff has been huge. Yeah. So pretty much anything I can outsource, I do. Even yeah. for like shipping, I use ShipStation. If you're familiar, it's like a Squarespace plugin okay. that yeah. like just takes care of like paying for shipping for you and okay. things like that. Um, yeah, so that's been pretty, pretty much- easy a resource for everything now yeah yeah like anything you can think of you can probably get someone else to do it for you (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah awesome um what is your best like work habit like what daily habits have you forced yourself because I find as an independent business owner often me and I find other people to talk about this where you kind of get stuck in those ruts because you're working from your home space or like just being a creative mind. Sometimes it's harder to like structure your day as like a normal yeah. person would like <laughs> nine to five. So do you have any work habits that help create like efficiency in your work? Um, with the pandemic, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. They've all kind of like fallen to the yes. right side. But I still maintain a few things that have been super helpful. So I still have a morning routine that I do. I try to wake up, um, shower and get dressed first off, Um, Mm -hmm. like have my coffee. And then the first thing I do is emails. Yeah. So depending on the amount of emails I have in my inbox that day, I'll usually limit it to 10 replies in the morning. And then I'll do the rest um, in the afternoon because I find I just need to break out my emails throughout the day um, to be excited about emailing back, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which, of course, is important when you're talking to people who are booking, like planning the biggest days of their lives. Like, I always want to be happy and excited when I'm replying. So I find blocking that and doing it in different blocks in the day um, keeps me excited. 
And after emails, um, I do like I look at my stocks. I do a little bit of trading. That's been my like newest routine um, addition, I guess. Uh, and it keeps me like happy and excited mm-hmm. and it's something new. So I find yeah. like if you're falling into a rut with your routine, um, getting into something new, finding a new hobby, it doesn't have to be something that makes you money. Um, it can be something as simple as like painting or like, I don't know, scrolling through Netflix, like watching your favorite show just for one hour in the morning, um, yeah. especially during the pandemic. Like, I think it's, it's okay to like take that time to play. Yeah. So playing to me is like the stock market. Obviously it'll be different for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Your idea of play will probably not be stocks and that's okay. <laughs> yeah. And then um, after that, um, lately because of the pandemic, I've been doing, I've been offering free shipping and contactless delivery. So then I would fill my orders for the day if there are any Um, And I would either drive to the post office, drop them off or do contactless delivery. So having that time, like kind of in the middle of my day that forces me to get out of the house and just do something um, has been great. Like even if it's just that quick drive, I'm not even seeing anyone like just dropping off on porches. It still like brightens my day. So I'd say if you're working from home, getting out, going outside, even if it's for a walk or whatever it is, is huge. Um, and then I come home and usually would finish up my second email block and look at my stocks before that close of the day. <laughs> and then from there, I'm pretty like after four or 5 PM, I'm pretty strict about not working. Yeah. So as soon as Owen comes home, I'm pretty like set on like we're gonna have dinner we're gonna watch a show or whatever and that's that like work is over so setting that boundary has been huge now on days when I would go into the studio of course the schedule would look a little bit different so when I'm back to going into the studio um I usually do like a 10 to 6 or 7 day um so I'd wake up a little later do the exact same things in the morning but start later And then throughout the day, just doing things like I try to pin on Pinterest every day, even if it's just like five pins, 10 pins. I'm not great about pinning my own content, but I have set it up so that it automatically pins my Instagram posts for me to a specific board. Um, So doing that has been something that I've kind of kept consistent forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to be phenomenal at posting on Instagram every single day. Now I just make sure that I at least do a story um, if I'm not posting because I haven't had the need, I guess the need for posting on Instagram lately. I haven't felt felt that pull to do it. And that's another thing I would say if you feel like you're forcing yourself in your routine just to do the things you think you're supposed to be doing you're probably not going to have a great payoff and it's okay to skip days and skip things that you think you should be doing. Yeah, for sure. Especially like, I think what's really becoming clear with the self-isolation and like how frustrating it is, especially as a service-based business owner, our services have to stop. They're not essential. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think learning new habits and like being okay with not posting every day being okay with 
not pushing something out, yeah, that's forced or fake or just having, yeah, like you said, an hour in your morning where you block it off to do something for yourself. I think getting into the habit now during the pandemic and then trying to, like, I think we should all try and keep some of these habits because they're all really just about keeping yourself mentally positive and giving yourself that grace of, like, it's okay not to be turned on all the time. It's okay not to be really efficient all the time so I think this is very enlightening into maybe how some of us should try and change our daily routine for me I'm reading so much more like free reading now and I love it and I'm just like hey I cannot I cannot stop this when this is all over like I have to keep this habit yeah yeah because that's something like I would never have done but I'm also like started downloading ebooks yeah it's absolutely wild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So that's awesome. Um, there's only a few questions le- left, but one of them, the big question I want to ask everyone I interview is okay. what is one thing that has completely leveled up or changed the game of your business? So one thing that you Ooh. just like really feel has brought you from a zero to a hundred. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's like a lot of pressure there. Okay. I think <laughs> I, I think for me would be mindset for sure. Like as soon as I shifted my mindset to realize that the more people I bring on to my team and the more I take my ego out of my business, the better I'll do. Mm-hmm. Um and having that like money mindset of like I can do this, I can achieve my goals, I can make as much or more than I would have if I pursued law school like finally coming to that realization I don't even know how or like why it clicked but when that finally clicked um I feel like my entire business changed and I wasn't I stopped being pessimistic to pessimistic about it um and I stopped like letting the little things really get me down yeah, I'd say so mindset for sure. And for that, I think I've just been working on mindset for like ever, like, in terms of podcasts, like, bringing manifestation into my life mm-hmm. and like practicing that daily, um, like reading books about it, like listening to changing my YouTube listener to be more focused on business owners instead of beauty gurus has been like huge. Yeah. Um, and I love, I just love business. Like if I didn't love business, I probably wouldn't do this. Um, so yeah, I would say mindset. If there's anything you can change in your business, it would be mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good one. I know recently I printed, I wrote down on a little piece of paper, like I have focus, I will make money. I am making money. Like all those kind of like key things that I was struggling with I just wrote down as if I already have it and then I print it and put it on my desk and I don't know I don't know if it's changed but I most definitely I did that like right before all this lockdown (laughs) crap started happening (laughs) and honestly I've kept a pretty positive attitude I think that has helped because I most definitely have days where I look at that and I see like I have focus and I'm like I do okay you're right like I can do this (laughs) get off your phone (laughs) yes you can I know it's huge when I like something silly that seems silly or like a really big dream I write it out on a piece of paper and I put it under my pillow that's like my thing (laughs) and I do do that every night 
if I have something that's like, I think is really big or really unattainable, I'll yeah. do that. Yeah. No, <laughs> it I sounds silly, that. but it's just like, those, like little habits. <laughs> it's like, like an adult version of the tooth fairy, but like, yeah, like that's, <laughs> but for goals. <laughs> also that like I never I feel like I never could have changed my mindset if I wasn't a huge goal setter yeah so I'm like the type of person that sets like one year three year five year goals and I like check in every month and I'm like very much like that with my business yeah yeah sure I know I had the piece of advice given to me last year I kind of hit like a wall in my booking where I just kind of stopped booking and someone was like okay like just write down your goals for the next two years and keep it yeah. on your desk. And every time you're working or you feel stuck, look at that and see if what you're doing will get you there. And if it's not going to get you there, oh. then like literally just like stop doing it. Do you have any, I mean, you kind of have, you already did mention um, advice for people starting out. Do you have any other, like now that we've talked a little bit further, any other pieces of advice for newbies in the makeup industry? Yeah, I would say whatever you do, don't stop learning. So like education is key. I still invest into courses every single year that are artistry related and business related. Um, Even setting aside a little amount from each application you do, even if that's 10%, whatever, 5% to go towards education is huge. Um, don't get discouraged by people in your industry that you think are successful, like people that you would look up to. Um, you will get there and you can surpass them. The one thing I learned is if you're hungry, you can achieve anything in your industry and you can become one of the biggest players in your industry just by working hard and Mm -hmm. like doing the things every day. Like if you keep at it, keep networking, um, you will get there. With artistry itself, I find a lot of it, like about 25% of it is your actual talent with artistry, but the other 75% about it of it is making your clients feel good when they're in your chair. So you do need those like people skills You need to be uplifting to be around. Um, You want to be the calm on your bride's wedding day. So if you can master the people skills, your artistry will get there. And if you're not confident in your artistry, a great piece of advice would be to ask someone you look up to if you can assist them. I did this when I was first starting and assisting was huge. Even working in retail um, at Sephora and the Lancome counter was huge for excelling my artistry because I had the chance to work on every single skin type, tone, condition, whatever. Like you were doing 10 makeup applications a day for like three, four, however many years you're in retail. So doing that while you build up your wedding business on the side or whichever target you'd like to go for in makeup. Also realizing that You need to set your ego aside. You're never going to be the best artist and you can always improve. There's Mm -hmm. always going to be areas that you're weak in and you'll never, you're never going to reach your potential in business if you think that you're already the best. So that, that's like huge for me. I think a lot of new artists, I find even like artists that have reached out to me or that would like to work on my team. I think the biggest problem is 
that they're not willing to take criticism um, and they're not willing to put that work in with learning. Yeah. So again, like set ego's huge, setting your ego aside, realizing you're new, you have a long way to go. Um, and you have a lot to learn. Like even when I've been in this industry for 25 years, I'll still be learning. It's never going to stop. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Solid. <laughs> Hopefully and then, and no, if you're ever is. like, if you want to get into makeup, reach out to me. If you'd like to assist me for a day, I will hire you. Like I'm pretty open to like helping out other artists if they reach out. Um, mm-hmm. I love doing it. I love teaching. Yeah. Awesome. All right. People get your (laughs) emails going. (laughs) No, that's really good advice because I completely agree. I think like there's no end. The world, the wedding industry, any industry, everything's always evolving. Obviously this pandemic is a great example of how certain social situations force businesses to change which then when we come out of it like it's still going to be changed and different and new yeah exactly yeah so just always evolve with the world really who (laughs) even knows where the beauty industry will go like thinking about it is wild to me like even thinking about ways to pivot is exciting like I don't find it daunting anymore I think at the beginning of this I found it a little daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, now I find it exciting, though, like thinking of ways that I can be less, that my business doesn't need to rely on me as much is exciting. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then one last kind of fun question, because yeah. you're a makeup artist. Do you have any, like, go-to favorite um, makeup items or tips that you just want to leave us, ladies? Oh. <laughs> so many. <laughs> I feel like that could be an hour long question in itself. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Favorite. Oh, I'm trying to think. Okay. So I'll do like a favorite tip and then like favorite products. So if you okay. have oily skin, this is like a life changing tip. Try applying your translucent powder before you do your foundation and concealer. And then stipple your foundation and concealer on after, and you'll find you need less powder, um, and you'll get less oily throughout the day. If you have textural issues like acne scarring or fine lines or anything like that, the translucent powder will also kind of soften that and act as a filler before you put your, like, cream products on afterwards. Mm -hmm. That's a life-changing tip. Um, As well, if you... I'll do one for dry skin too, or dry to normal. Sure. So dry yeah. to normal skin, instead of doing the powder before your cream products, do your foundation and concealer, take a tissue and then blot your face. Um, it'll kind of take the excess product off and then set with translucent powder. And throughout the day, you'll find that you crease less and your makeup wears better and longer. So it's like a great, great little like foundation Pro tip. tip. Yeah, yes. so many I wouldn't stop, but product wise, okay. My favorite product, like if I was on a desert island and could only bring one thing, it'd be yeah. blush for sure because it just okay. wakes up the face. Yeah. Um, which is funny because I don't even do blush in my line, but it's because the perfect blush already exists and I could never recreate it. It's the Hourglass Ambient Lighting uh, Powder Blushes. Okay. They just like diffuse the skin. And if you have any issues with texture, 
it like softens and blurs it and gives you the perfect glow. They don't yeah. have like glitter in them or anything like that, okay. but they're just I like, like illuminating and mm-hmm. super easy to work with and great for every single skin type. Um, I guess from my own line, like if I had to pick one product from my own line, it'd probably be the liquid lipstick and flora. I've been okay. using it lately as like a blusher and yeah. it will last like, oh, it's unreal. Like if you have a problem with powder blushes or cream blushes not lasting, yeah. a fun tip is to use your liquid lipstick as a blush instead, like Love dip that. a little bit on your hand and then stipple it onto the face. Yeah. Um, so I've been loving using Flora for that. I've even done like a monochromatic like eyeshadow look with Flora. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah like Flora is like eyeshadow, blush, and lip. <laughs> That's like game changer. Love it. <laughs> That's if you're feeling brave while you're at home during this pandemic. Yeah. <gasps> I know my boyfriend's going to find two makeup boxes in a couple weeks and be like, what is this? <laughs> during a pandemic, really? Oh, like, Jackie the, said so. It's <laughs> the best time to play because, like, you have, yeah. you know, when you're leaving the house and you're trying to do a cat eye. And like, yeah. you like how you're in a rush and you just need to get out the door and you cannot do the cat eye to save your life. Yeah. It's like the worst one you've ever done before. It's because you're like panicking because yeah. you need to be somewhere. Yeah. But when you're home and you have nothing to do, nowhere to be, nowhere to see, no one to see. Yeah. It's the best time to practice new things. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. It is. <laughs> I've never had greater cat eyes in my life than sitting at home on my couch. <laughs> during this pandemic (laughs) selfie like your camera rolls filling up with selfies (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) that's awesome well thank you so much for letting me interview you I feel like we covered a lot you gave a lot of really awesome answers and pieces of advice so thank you Thanks for listening in. Remember to check us out on Instagram at What the Business Podcast. See you at the next episode.